On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, more rumors about the features of the Model 3's imminent Project Highland revamp, including video evidence of one of those rumors being true. Plus, a Cybertruck prototype is spotted rocking a look we haven't seen before. New EV owners are overwhelmingly choosing the Model 3 and Model Y versus offerings from other automakers and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. It's episode 411 for June 18th, 2023. Good to be home back in San Francisco alongside not two, but three dogs. We are doing a little dog sitting for uh, our family this week. So I'm currently surrounded by three at the moment calm dogs, but doggy playtime could break out in any moment. So we'll see how things go. Uh, Hey, good day out there. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone except Tesla short sellers who have lost a combined $12 billion plus dollars during Tesla stock prices record run over these past couple weeks. The actual consecutive days of rising streak did come to an end this week, but it closed strongly on Friday. It is now sitting at $260.54. It has been on quite a run lately. You know, some people, uh, meaning the short sellers, just really want to die on this hill, financially speaking, like financially die on the hill of shorting Tesla stock. I guess stubbornness is a heck of a drug, but the rest of you out there who are believers in this company can and should be enjoying this hot streak. Uh, also, as a quick warm-up for this week before we get into the rest of the proper news, Tesla is up to its tricks again of maximizing production efficiency wherever possible. The standard-range all-wheel drive Model Y, which is built in Texas with the 4680 battery cells and the structural battery pack, is now only available with a black interior, thus making any Standard range Model Ys with white interiors, unicorns in the Tesla community. I mean, I would presume that this change was made because quite simply, probably not many buyers of that Model Y variant were choosing the white interior, probably because it's an extra, last I looked, 1,500. Boy, now my brain is is going back and forth between 1,000 and 1,500 anyway, If you were willing to spend that extra thousand to fifteen hundred dollars, then you were probably and on an interior color, no less, then you were probably willing to spend an extra three thousand dollars to get the long range Model Y as opposed to the standard range and get yourself an extra 50 miles of range. Also, uh, by the way, I'm not sure if what I'm about to say is news or not. And my apologies if I had just missed this before. But when I was confirming this change by taking a look at the Tesla design studio, I also noticed that you can't get the standard range Model Y in the seven seat configuration. Now we already knew that you could never at any point in time get the performance Model Y in a seven seater. So in fact, of the three Model Y variants, the only way to get a seven seater is to get the long range. 
Uh, next this week, as again a warm-up here before we get to the, the main news, a little end-of-quarter sweetener is being applied to the Model 3 if you're in the market. Customers who order and take delivery of a new inventory Model 3 by the end of the month, which is also the end of the quarter, which is not a coincidence, are eligible for three months of unlimited free supercharging on their new inventory Model 3. So again, inventory being the key word there, it's got to be a car that Tesla has already built. And you know, if I'm being honest, three free months of free supercharging, that sounds like a better perk than it probably actually is, unless you plan to drive across the country and back this summer, which, hey, some of you out there may be doing just that. Still, it is nice to see some bonuses being offered to customers, and and as you have no doubt suspected already, I agree, this is clearly another move to clear out the old Model 3s before the Project Highland revamp arrives, which I'll be talking more about in just a couple of minutes. But before I do, I wanted to give a quick plug to an excellent new YouTube video on Haggerty's channel. It's by the outstanding veteran automotive journalist Jason Camisa, who is with Haggerty now, and it's a history of the original Tesla Roadster. It's a 20-minute long video, and I highly recommend it. Jason always does phenomenal videos, great work. He knows his stuff. He's enthusiastic. He's funny. The videos themselves are high production quality, and this new one on the original Roadster is really good. I definitely recommend you check it out when you get a chance. Uh, also, I hope all of you who are kindly backing me at the $10 a month tier or higher on my Patreon had a chance to enjoy this week's lightning round mini episode, which again, I do every week on Patreon. And this week's was about five random Cybertruck thoughts that I had this week from the Cybertruck as a Corvette-like brand within Tesla to my Cybertruck-specific advice for professional car detailers. So check that out. As, as a reminder about the Patreon, it is the way that you can choose to support me on uh, with this podcast if you want to. Anytime any of you join the Patreon at that $10 a month tier or higher, which is labeled the ludicrous tier because all the, all the tiers on my Patreon are named after Tesla performance modes, you will get access not just to this week's lightning round, but to all of them. And this was the 51st one of them. So there are over 50 of them there for you. Find out more on my Patreon page if you'd like to take a look. You can find it at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And as two quick PSAs on that, a reminder that the annual pledge, if you'd rather not do the monthly $10 a month thing, you can do one single annual pledge, and if you do that, you'll get a 10% discount. And, as I've been mentioning lately, Patreon, uh, very kindly, I, you know, just happened to benefit from this, I didn't do anything, but Patreon has just enabled a free seven-day trial option, which I have added on to that $10 a month tier. And I've been seeing, there have been a handful of you checking that, checking that out already, which I appreciate, so if you'd just like to see what it's like 
to be on the Patreon at that $10 a month tier and get early access to each week's episode and get that lightning round, you can sign up for the seven-day free trial if you'd like to do that. All right, time to get on with the proper week's Tesla news. As always, there is plenty and there is some good stuff to talk about, starting with the aforementioned Project Highland Model 3 revamp. And what are we talking about this week? The seats. So the seats in the Project Highland are ventilated, or at least I can say that with about as close to 100% certainty as possible because Chinese Tesla owner Zhao Tishushu via Jay in Shanghai's Twitter account, and I've mentioned Jay on here before, he's, he's picked up on some things in the past happening over in uh, Tesla China. So that Twitter account posted a video of the seat, the new Project Highland seat, showing ventilated vegan leather. You can clearly see it on the video. And there are wiring harnesses hanging out of the bottom of the seat because the seat's, you know, detached from a car. It's just, it's just sitting out for them to film. And there are Tesla parts stickers on those wiring harnesses on the underside of the seat. So yes, there is a slim chance that this could be an elaborate fake but I don't think so, it is almost certainly real. Now, if you're curious, the black seats that are pictured in this video, the black ventilated seats, they look very similar to the existing Model 3 seats, other than the perforation for the ventilation function. Tesla does not seem to have uh, really broke, fixed what isn't broken with the Model 3's seat, but uh, with regard to the ventilation, this is gonna be a very welcome addition for all of you future Model 3 owners who will get yourself a Project Highland car because it's really nice to have some cooling from your driver's seat on a warm day. I've only had the pleasure of experiencing a ventilated seat in a Tesla once, and it was in the Model S Plaid that the very gracious Tesla investor Emmett Peppers was kind enough to loan me for a couple of hours. Right after the Plaid first came out two years ago, he got one of those initial cars. And by the way, on a similar note, speaking of the Plaid, last week was the second anniversary of the first Plaid deliveries. So happy second birthday to the Plaid. It has been out there dominating off of stoplights and dominating drag strips for two years now. Uh, anyway, it was warm on the day in June that I went out to Emmett's house and took his car out for a spin, and the ventilated seats with that cooling activated really felt a lot better than not having that feature at all. So this is awesome for all of you future Highland Model 3 owners. In fact, I wish I could buy the Highland's white seats and just drop them into my 2018 Model 3. I'm sure with you know different features and five years of newness on these ventilated seats that they probably wouldn't even be physically compatible in terms of the connectors with my 2018. But even if they were, I'm probably just fantasizing here because I would imagine they would be, it would be pretty cost prohibitive to buy two new white Highland seats and have them installed in my car. Anyway, Forgetting about me and getting back to the news here, this really is a nice little luxury feature for the new Highland Model 3s to have. 
Now, the second piece of Highland news this week is a bit more rumory since there's no visual proof as there was with the ventilated seats. But then again, the person that posted this rumor posted it a day before the video of the Highland ventilated seat came out. The rumor comes from Kelvin Yang, who tweeted, Rumor, Model 3 Highland to have ventilated seats, ambient lighting, and an upgraded sound system. So given that the first item on Kelvin's list was proven true within 24 hours, I'm inclined to believe him on the other two. And I realize that this will sound like a fanboy thing to say, but in my opinion, the Model 3's sound system is already really good, so I'm not sure how Tesla plans to improve it. I mean, maybe with better sound deadening in the interior, in the cabin, to create a better sound stage? I don't know, but I'll be eager to find out. And on the ambient lighting, the third rumor that Kelvin had there, Honestly, I would love to see Tesla include that because LED lighting is becoming more and more uh, common in, in not just expensive cars, but you know, moving down to a lot of different price points. In fact, on my work trip to LA last week, I had the chance to ride in my coworker's Hyundai Ionic 5, which by the way, I was very impressed with, and it had ambient lighting on the dashboard and on the door panels that you could change the color of to anything you wanted, anything in the RGB spectrum. And so I think the same, a similar thing would accent Tesla's intentionally minimalist interiors really nicely. So here's hoping that Kelvin will end up going three for three on his Highland rumors. And by the way, whichever of these rumors prove to be true, whether it's just the seats or two of the three or all three, you can bet that whatever the Highland 3 is getting will also be coming to the Project Juniper Model Y revamp next year. Next up, some Cybertruck news, although I guess it's not really news so much as it's just an interesting Cybertruck discussion point. So user Rickster902 from the Cybertruck Owners Club forum posted pictures of a camouflage-wrapped Cybertruck driving around Palo Alto, aka the home of Tesla's engineering headquarters, this past week. And then there were a couple of other videos that popped up, as it's, you know, a pretty darn obvious thing to spot. There was a video of it going through the In-N-Out Burger drive through line, which had to be a, a interesting point of the day for the folks working the In-N-Out drive-through. So yeah, and it's uh, again camouflage wrapped. So while sightings of these beta Cybertruck prototypes on public streets are becoming an increasingly more common thing as we get closer to production, this is the first time that one has ever been spotted with a wrap on it. And if you're wondering, well, why camo? It's because other automakers often like to use weird camo patterned wraps to disguise the full look of exactly what their new cars look like before they're ready to unveil them to the public. Because these, these camo wraps generally let you see a, a shape, a general shape, but they don't allow your eye to really process every little detail, curve, and corner on a vehicle. 
Now, in the case of this Cybertruck, I saw speculation out there that this wrap must mean that the design is final and that they're trying to hide the final design with this camouflage. Now, respectfully, I don't believe that to be the case because Tesla has never done the camo wrap thing on any of their other cars. Not with the S, not with the X, not with the 3, not with the Y. And the Cybertruck, I think you'll agree, pretty darn unmistakable, even when it's wrapped in a white, black, and gray camouflage wrap. And to that end, here's what I think. My theory is that this is something of a joke from the Tesla engineering team. Basically, they're having a little fun. They know that the Cybertruck is unmistakable. They know that it's going to get photographed and videoed anywhere it goes. I think they're just having a bit of fun knowing that, knowing that it's going to be obvious anywhere it goes. Now, I did also see other folks suggesting that the wrap might be practice for a factory wrapping option for the Cybertruck, since it is true that Giga Shanghai offered such a thing for a time on the threes and whys made over there. So it's entirely possible that it can be both a goof and practice for wrapping the Cybertruck, but I would bet on this just being the Tesla team's sense of humor at work here. That's what I think the most likely scenario is. Because as Tesla continues to worship at that altar of production efficiency, heck, I talked about it at the top of this podcast, and yet another new example of it, I just don't see Tesla offering factory wraps. Now, may- maybe if they were to do it, it would be a thing that they would offer at the service centers, though. Kind of like buying the Model 3 or Model S track package now. Like, you pick out the wrap that you want from the shop.tesla.com website, and then the service center, you make an appointment, and they install it for you. I think that's certainly possible, and a lot more possible than a wrap done at the factory in Giga Texas, would be my opinion. Although, no matter what the actual reason for this camouflage wrap, a lot of comments that I saw about it on social media said that they thought that the Cybertruck looked legitimately awesome with a camouflage wrap. So, uh, you know, it's it's inspiring some people, giving them some, all right, maybe I do want to wrap my Cybertruck. And to that end, I thought, well, all right, why don't I poll the Ride the Lightning audience on this? So I made this the subject of this week's Patreon poll, which again, you don't have to be a Patreon backer to vote in. It's open to the public. I generally put the poll up every Tuesday evening. And on this one, I even included a photo of the camouflage-wrapped Cybertruck. So if you want to see what it looks like, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. And anyway, the question was simply... Do you plan to wrap your Cybertruck? Or will you keep it in its default naked stainless steel form? 42% of you said, no, I will not be wrapping it. I plan to leave it in its naked stainless steel form. 31% of you said, I'm not buying the Cybertruck or just show me the results. And then 12% of you did say, yes, I plan to do a wrap on my Cybertruck. 
with another 15%, a not insignificant percentage, voting, I'm undecided right now. So uh, thank you all for taking the time to vote in this week's Patreon poll. All right, next this week, a recent study found that the Tesla Model Y and Model 3 were the top choices for first-time EV buyers. Electric vehicle adoption is steadily gaining traction among mainstream consumers, especially in the United States, where the Inflation Reduction Act promotes EV production. This story comes via Tesla Roddy, who writes, According to a study by Recurrent Auto, the Tesla Model Y and Tesla Model 3 were the top choices for consumers looking to transition from a fossil fuel car to an electric vehicle. The study noted that the Model 3 and Model Y's price tag, charging time, smart features, and Tesla's supercharger network all contributed to a consumer's decision to purchase a Y or a 3. Quote, With near instantaneous acceleration and smooth responsive handling, even a basic Tesla drives like a sports car. Robust autopilot features can help control the car, maintaining speed, managing turns, and keeping a safe distance from the car ahead of you. Teslas are also comfortable with spacious interiors and plenty of storage space, said Recurrence Study. Although it wasn't all sunshine and roses, the study continued saying, even though the Model Y and Model 3 offered great features and capabilities, customers still had some criticism about their design. For instance, some drivers find the lack of an instrument cluster challenging. Some owners also mentioned that some of the new technology featured in Tesla vehicles were distracting at times. Tesla owners also criticized the suspension of the Model 3 and Model Y, stating that they were lacking and led to bumpy rides. There were also a few complaints regarding Tesla Autopilot since many new owners expect the software to be a fully self-driving system, which I can't, if I'm being honest, I can't necessarily blame them for if they've either purchased or subscribed to the full self-driving option. You might expect, if you don't know anything about Tesla and you don't read the fine print, which you should, but, you know, if you were to just take it at face value, you might have that expectation that it's going to be a fully self-driving system. Anyway, if Tesla's prices continue to trend downwards as they've been doing, or at the very least continue to not go back up, then both the 3 and the Y are almost certainly going to continue to dominate this study for at least the next couple of years, only to be dethroned almost certainly, by the even more affordable Generation 3 car. I mean, that's seriously the only thing that's likely to topple a Tesla on this list. Another cheaper Tesla. Also, by the way, with GM and Ford signing on to use Tesla's North American charging standard connector on their future EVs, and some of the third-party fast charging networks also now jumping on the NACS bandwagon, we have reached another tipping point, not the first and definitely not the last, I should note. And what I mean by that is we're not far away from the point in time now where any legacy automakers whose plan for electrification is either inadequate or non-existent because there are still plenty of those out there, those companies sooner rather than later are going to start bleeding money 
and then dying. Now, as I've said before, I don't wish that on anyone. I do not want to see people lose their jobs. But the reality is that not every existing car company is going to survive this transition. There's just no way. And we are now in a, we've reached the point where we are truly in a right side of history versus wrong side of history scenario in the automotive industry. But in the meantime, the Model 3 and Model Y continue to multiply like rabbits out here on the San Francisco Bay Area roads. And I suspect that that's probably the case in many other parts of the U.S. and the world as well. Next up this week, Giga Berlin has officially started production of Model Ys finished in deep blue metallic, adding another color to the factory's advanced paint shop. The first Model Y performance SUVs in the new color have now appeared on existing inventory in Germany. I saw this on Drive Tesla Canada, who writes in summary, For the last few months, several test cars finished in deep blue metallic have been spotted during drone flyovers of Giga Berlin. As with the introduction of any new color, Giga Berlin's paint shop went through a number of tests and validation procedures to ensure a quality paint job was being produced. Tesla appeared to have approved the color last month when several deep blue metallic Model Ys were spotted leaving the factory on car carriers. While there have yet to be any deliveries of the new color, they should be starting soon as the first deep blue metallic Model Ys have appeared on existing inventory in Germany. At the time of publication, there are more than one dozen deep blue metallic Model Ys available, all of them being performance variants. Well, I wonder if this might be the kiss of death for the third brand new next-gen paint color that we were supposed to get for Giga Berlin, which, as you may remember, had been leaked a while back in the, in the Tesla app's code. And that the name of that color, at least the code name that was in the app, was Abyss Blue. Because the other two leaked colors from the app have ended up going into production under their final names of, of course, Midnight Cherry Red and Quicksilver, respectively. And the reason that I say that we might not see Abyss Blue go into production is because with the new red and the new silver, the old variants of those paint colors never went into production in Berlin in the first place. Tesla had started at Giga Berlin with solid black and with pearl white multi-coat, and then they have been slowly adding those other colors, including those two new ones. So we'll see what happens there. And as for the existing blue that is now rolling out of Giga Berlin, I know it's subjective, but for what it's worth, I really like Tesla's current blue, and in particular... I like it a lot on the Model Y, which of course is all Giga Berlin is building right now. But it's also a color, in in fairness, the deep blue metallic is a color that Tesla's been using since 2015. It's been in, in there for eight years now, back when Tesla switched from the original super, super dark blue that my cousin Pat had on his car to this current deep blue metallic, which ironically 
is not as deep of a blue as the original super dark blue blue was. And for the just and if you're wondering, well, okay, since 2015, yeah, all right, eight years. For just a tiny bit of context as to how long ago that was for Tesla, 2015, when this blue came into production, when when they started using it, back then the Model S was the only car that Tesla was making. So, yeah. We've been seeing this blue for a while. It, it predates the X, it predates the 3, it predates the Y. So we've been seeing this blue for a long, long time now, and it would be cool to see a new blue. Maybe we still will, and maybe I'm jumping to conclusions a bit here, and I hope so. I hope we do get that abyss blue paint color. We shall see. Finally this week... The Tesla semi-truck ramp is, it seems, going to be Tesla's slowest production ramp yet. Tesla tipster Sawyer Merritt tweeted this out. It's from the Wall Street Journal who wrote, in summary, I'll just give you the, the top line version here. Wall Street Journal saying, Elon Musk said this week that Tesla doesn't expect to begin producing its semi in larger volumes until the end of 2024 citing battery supply constraints. All right, so this is interesting. It's disappointing, to be sure, because we all want to see electric semi-trucks start to displace the diesel-powered ones. But really, there's nothing to be done about the slow ramp, so when I say it's interesting, let's try to understand it instead. All right, so here we go. The Tesla Semi will presumably use the 4680 battery cells in due time. But we know that the initial Tesla semi-trucks that PepsiCo has do not use those cells, uh, as that 4680 ramp has gone a bit slowly. And at this point in time, here in June of 2023, with production of the Cybertruck imminent, you've got a feature figure, rather, that almost all of the 4680 battery cells that Tesla is making are going to go into the Cybertrucks. So what are the the Tesla semis using now? Well, at the time of the launch back in December, I had speculated that they might be using 2170s. And perhaps the increase in 2170 cell production at Giga Nevada by Panasonic that I told you about a week or two ago is connected to this. It is entirely possible. Maybe some of those extra 2170 cells are going to be allocated for Tesla semi-production in late 2024. Now, perhaps also that that end of 2024 timeline is also connected to the new Roadster. Elon has mentioned a couple of times recently now that the new Roadster might go into production at the end of next year. So perhaps the Roadster and Semi are both going to be getting the highest octane batteries that Tesla has ever made, and that's why the ramp in Semi production could end up matching up with the start of Roadster production if they both end up being in late 2024. But I acknowledge it's also very possible that this is simply a cell availability issue and that Tesla will ramp the semi at the end of next year and hopefully start building the Roadster late next year 
because that's when they'll have sufficient battery cell supply to do so. It might just be that simple. Now, the other piece of this is the patience of the billion-dollar companies who have orders in, orders that sometimes number in the dozens of trucks for some of these companies, for the Tesla Semi. Now, obviously, Tesla is no stranger to testing the patience of its reservation holders. Shout out to the Roadster reservation holders who gave Tesla a substantial down payment and an interest-free loan on that down payment five and a half years ago. But seriously, will some of those corporate clients with those big orders for the Tesla Semi, might some of them cancel? You know, to the best of our public knowledge, PepsiCo remains the only company who, who has received any Tesla Semi trucks. So by the time that Tesla's ready to deliver uh, semis to the rest of the corporations that have orders in, it's possible that the decision makers that placed those orders back in 2017 may not even be with the company anymore. So, you know, those the, the decision makers may have changed hands in these last five plus years. And the people that are at these companies now that are making these purchasing decisions might not feel the same way about spending money on the Tesla semis that their predecessors did. I think that is a reality that we need to acknowledge you know, that could have an effect on orders for the Tesla Semi. But regardless, these big companies, whether they want to cancel or st- or just hold firm, these big companies are just going to have to continue to wait to see these semi-trucks on the roads, and so will we. But it will happen, and it's going to be awesome when it does. All right. That is everything I've got for you in Tesla news this week, but stick around. I've got plenty of your excellent Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls coming up right after this. Real quick, before I get to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, I've got two cool things to mention for you. First of all, is a raffle. Would you like to win a Tesla of your choosing, including a Cybertruck? That is one of the choices. And would you like to help a great cause while you're at it? There is an annual raffle happening right now where you can do exactly that. It is the ninth annual Tesla raffle from the Chicago Chesed Fund, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping families in crisis. They are funding 80 plus programs and services right now with the goal of helping families get back on their feet by offering goods and services like food, furniture, jobs, etc. As I mentioned, you can win an SX3Y Cybertruck or $50,000 in cash. Any, whichever of those six things sounds the best to you, you can win it in this raffle. For your chance to win, go to CCF raffle.com where you can get $25 off two tickets by using the promo code RTL. You got to hurry. Tickets are limited. Only 9,999 tickets are going to be sold. And there's even, if you jump on it early, an early bird raffle. If you buy two or more tickets before July 11th, where you will automatically be added into a second prize drawing for the chance to win a bottle of Tesla tequila 
valued at 1600 bucks for no extra charge. And yes, you will still be eligible for the main raffle even if you win the early bird raffle. So get your tickets today at ccfraffle.com and use the promo code RTL to get a $25 discount on two tickets. That's ccfraffle.com, promo code RTL. And then Accelerate Auto continues to reach out and offer you guys their $100 discount on extended warranty coverage. So yes, do I need this? Well, that's up to you. If, you're, if like me, you're planning on hanging on to your Tesla for a while, your Tesla factory warranty only goes four years, 50,000 miles. And yes, Tesla just started offering their own extended warranties, but they're only two-year, 25,000-mile coverage plans, which might not work for you. And even if it does, if you're already out of the warranty period, it's too late. You can't get the Tesla one. So Xcare offers up to 10 years and 125,000 miles of coverage after your factory warranty is up. Xcare can also be purchased for any Tesla, no matter where you bought it, because Tesla's plan is only offered to customers who bought their cars new from Tesla. And you can only opt into Tesla's, as I mentioned, before that 50,000 mile mark on your car. Xcare plans can be purchased anywhere up to 125,000 miles on the odometer. Finally, while both Tesla and Xcare have $100 deductibles and 24-7 roadside assistance, Xcare also offers rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage, which Tesla doesn't. Xcare covers everything that Tesla's own extended warranty does. So if this sounds like it's the right fit for you, check them out, see which plan might be right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash Xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O.com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your purchase. All right, it's Ride the Lightning Hotline time. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, there are two easy ways that you can call in and potentially be featured right here on Ride the Lightning. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your call, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, so that I can get to as many people each week as possible, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can take that same 90-second or less call and just call in anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline. You just dial it up and leave a message. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's one 989 T-S-L-A. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And if you are hearing weird noises in the background, it is because Bite Club is underway Zelina's jaws are playfully over Daisy's, the scruff of Daisy's neck. And yeah, and Daisy just rolled straight off the couch. So uh, time to get to a phone call before these doggos go crazy. Let's start with Ben from Western Colorado. 
who responds to my uh, mention of last week's story about all of the wonderful new EV adoption incentives that the state of Colorado has rolled out. Well, Ben has some more of them to share. Take it away, Ben. Hey, Ryan. This is Ben calling from 9,000 feet in Western Colorado. I've got my two pups with me, Blue and Piper. We are longtime listeners to your podcast, and we're really thankful for um, your Sunday updates, which allow my Monday commutes down 3,000 feet of elevation to just be that much more enjoyable. Uh, I want to say thank you for shouting out the different incentives that are uh, available for Coloradans after July 1st from Will Tor's uh, energy office. Uh, there was a couple other programs that weren't mentioned that are EV specific. One of them is a low income qualified Coloradan can trade in any ICE vehicle older than 2011 for a $6,000 voucher stackable with all of the credits that you mentioned previously as sort of like a cash for clunkers program where you bring in your, your old gas car and you get this voucher to be able to help the purchase of a new EV be that much more accessible. Programs like these really helped me as an elementary school teacher afford a Tesla Model 3 standard range back in 2019. Excel Energy as a utility company is also working with Coloradans. They have a rebate of $5,500 for qualified customers to purchase an EV. They have a $1,300 rebate for doing wiring in a garage. And they have a lease program where you can lease by month a level two charger, or you can buy outright at a discounted price, a level two charger for your home. So the state of Colorado is doing the best it can to make the EV ecosystem as smooth a transition as possible for all Coloradans, regardless of your income level. And that's been really huge. If you drive around Denver, you see so many different kinds of EVs. Now, even though I'm in Western Colorado with a bunch of ranch hands, we're starting to see a lot more out here too. I want to say thank you for your program, and I really enjoy listening to all these updates and uh, hope to see you in the mountains someday. Ben, I sincerely appreciate your kind words, and I really appreciate this additional information about what's happening in Colorado. This is one of those calls where I have nothing to add to it, but I absolutely wanted to play it for everybody as a PSA to your fellow Colorado listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time to call in with this. I very much thank you. Next up is Brian from Adelaide, Australia. G'day, Ryan. It's Brian here from Adelaide in Australia. I proudly took delivery of a Model 3 P- when they first arrived in Australia in 2019, three and a half years after we'd put in our reservation. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for the fabulous job you do each week with research and then also in the production values of the final podcast. It's remarkably good. I think probably you and I are some of the few people who understand all the work that goes into that. I've also done a fair bit of research on Tesla, um, both cars and Tesla Powerwalls. And I just wanted to draw your attention to our website, urbanecology.org.au. That's urbanecology, one word, dot O-R-G dot A-U. One of my recent blogs that you'll find there deals with the problem that apartment dwellers have with having uh, charge points for their Teslas and for other EVs. It's a, 
a blog that I researched in conjunction with Tesla Energy, who have okayed it as being uh, correct. So I hope other Tesla owners who live in apartments or condominiums, as you call it in North America, uh, might find that useful. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Great stuff, Brian. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the kind words. And thank you for the effort that you put into your blog. Yes, a lot of people live in apartments or condos, at least here in the United States, and it is one of the biggest hurdles for electric vehicles to overcome. You may remember when I had former Tesla engineer Nicholas Johnson on the podcast for a lengthy interview back on episode 365. There it is in my notes. And Nicholas's new company, Orange, is aimed at simplifying and enhancing EV charging specifically at apartments. Now, I don't believe they've quite gotten to the point yet where they're offering their product and services internationally, but I still wanted to mention that as well as give your blog a shout out too, because we need well-researched information to show people on this topic. We we have to be able to say, hey, look at this, because as I said, it is such an important topic in this inevitable transition to electric vehicles. So thank you again for taking the time to call in. And by the way, Brian, if you see a DeLorean in Adelaide, there is a decent chance that it's my old car. The gentleman that I sold it to, his name is Daryl, super nice guy. He still has it, last I knew, and is taking, at least again, last I knew, (laughs) taking great, great care of it. And he actually drives it. It doesn't just sit in his garage for him to stare at. So if you do see a DeLorean out and about, there is a decent chance it's mine. And if you get a chance to talk to the owner, maybe ask him like, hey, is this, did you buy this car from Ryan (laughs) or is your name Daryl? And you never know. That's, it's a small world. So thanks again, Brian. Next up, let's come back to the USA and talk to Bill from Wisconsin. Hey, Ryan, it's uh, Bill in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. I'm calling to weigh in on the uh, value of the three barn barn find uh, Teslas um, and and your statement that they are probably the most valuable Teslas uh, that that a person could buy. And I'm now keep in mind, my tongue is firmly planted in cheek, but I'm going to take issue with you and say, if a person could get their hands on Elon's first roadster, I think that would be worth an awful lot of money, but you know, you got to own a rocket company or something if you're going to do that. So just saying, (laughs) take care and have a great day. Thanks, Bill. I think you could make a pretty decent case for it, but having had the privilege of seeing that car in person, and as I think I mentioned back on episode 409, when I talked about this, Elon's car has some wear and tear on it. Now, my point in mentioning that is that I think that car's condition, not that it's horrible, mind you, but it's definitely not pristine, I think it would affect its value. But you're still right. Being VIN number one and being Elon's car, it would certainly go for a lot of money. Now, would it go for more than $666,666, which would be the value of each of the zero-mile roadsters if the current $2 million bid holds and ends up not going any higher than it already is? Maybe. It's really impossible to know, certainly, and I couldn't even really speculate with any any actual confidence on that. 
but I do think it would at least be a conversation for sure. So Bill, it's always great to hear from you. Cheers, my friend. Hope to see you again soon. Next up, here's Steve from Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Hi, Ryan. This is Steve from Ocean Springs, Mississippi. This morning, I was driving my Model X with the latest FSD beta software. The car made a right turn onto kind of a narrow street, and it then proceeded to drive along a gravel um, uh, shoulder. And what happened was there was a police car right behind me. He pulled me over. He thought I was distracted. I explained to him that the uh, car was driving itself and he gave me a warning, did not give me a ticket. He suggested that it was perhaps too dangerous to use that feature. Anyway, I just wanted to pass that on and uh, see what you and your uh, other audience members may think. Thanks. Hey, Steve, thank you for calling in and sharing your experience here. I'm glad you didn't get a ticket, number one. And two, I wonder how many Tesla drivers have been pulled over with the FSD beta activated. I have not heard about it until you, but surely you can't be the first person. I mean, speaking from my own experience, I have definitely had the FSD beta make turns and make movements that have been jerky and awkward enough where it absolutely would have looked like I was distracted or inebriated if a police officer had seen me do them or seen the car do them. So uh, this is this is me putting a call out. I will be eager to find out what, if any, calls that I get in response to your call. If any of you out there have been pulled over with FSD beta activated, not highway autopilot, but with FSD beta activated, Feel free to call in and share your story. I'd love to hear from you. But to everybody, stay safe out there. All right, next up is Daniel from Chico, California. Hey, Ryan. This is Daniel from Chico, California. I just wanted to share a thought with your audience. Um, It's been a little while now since the initial deliveries for Pepsi of the Tesla Semi have started. Um, and with the numbers, I'm assuming they're getting close to being done with Pepsi's initial order at this point. So I was thinking that Tesla could next become their own best customer. Um, if they start shipping out car carriers full of Teslas on Tesla semis, I think that'll be a real game changer. Interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Hi, Daniel. Yes, indeed. Tesla has said a number of times prior to the semi's actual delivery that they planned to be their own best customer and to do exactly what you suggest. In fact, there were a few times when they did use the prototype semis to do customer deliveries of semis of Tesla's rather at the end of quarters. But you are right. We haven't seen them do it yet in terms of buying, you know, seeing new semis in the in-house Tesla fleet since the semi has been officially in production, which by the way, you know, we're sitting here in mid-June. It's already been over six months that it's been officially in production. So that's, you know, it's, that's a a good bit of time so far. Anyway, uh, it's almost certainly something we will see more of sooner rather than later. Although, Maybe from the story I did earlier in the podcast, it's going to be closer to the end of 2024, but 
That's still only a little over a year and change from now. But when it happens, it's going to be really cool to see. Thank you very much for your call, Daniel. Thank you to everybody who kindly took the time to call in. And again, if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, you want to react to something I said, something another caller said, feel free to call in for a chance to be featured on an upcoming episode. And I gave you the call-in instructions earlier in the show, so refer back to that. All right, stick with me. I'm not done yet. There is a pro tip of the week and more coming up right around the corner. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Before I get out of here, I'll tell you what's going on with my car, which I have named the Spirit of Adventure after my favorite Pixar movie, Up. And I just got 11.4.3 of the FSD beta. Haven't really had a chance to put it through its paces yet to compare it to .2, but new versions are always welcome, and it's always nice to see Little fixes, things get better, so I'm eager to try that out this weekend. I'm very fortunate to have a holiday, a long weekend. In fact, I took today off, uh, Friday after, you know, I was in L.A. last week and worked all weekend, so I had a couple couple comp days coming my way. I took today off to, uh, to take care of some family stuff, just relax after working for, I don't know, how many days straight. But yes, I am very much looking forward to uh, something that needs to be done with my car, which is washing it. It has been far too long. It is extraordinarily filthy, and it is definitely time to give it a good deep cleaning. In fact, it needs it inside and out. So, uh, in fact, now that the school year is over and I am not uh, driving in our carpool anymore, uh, that you know the back seats are you know they've got some kid fingerprint grime, <laughs> dirty dirty kid fingerprints on them. So the whole thing, inside and out, is due for a good cleaning, and I'm going to try and get to that this weekend. Hey, how about an entertainment recommendation for you? I admit I haven't started watching this yet, but I'm very excited to. I'm hoping to get to it tonight after I finish recording the podcast once I'm ready to go to bed. And that is season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Paramount+. Plus. I adored season one. It was probably, well, it was definitely my favorite Star Trek series since The Next Generation. And it's no disrespect to those of you that are Deep Space Nine fans out there or what have you, but boy, is Strange New Worlds really, really good. If you have not watched it yet, give it a look on Paramount Plus and season two starting up now. Hopefully season two is going to live up to the very high bar set by season one. And on the video game space, I just continue to be totally hooked on Diablo 4, which I mentioned, I think, either last week or the week before. But anyway, time for a pro tip of the week to get things back to Tesla. Here's Arnie in San Diego talking about FSD beta. Hi, Ryan. This is Arnie in San Diego. I have a pro tip for you that I discovered by accident. Well, ever since the latest version of full self-driving, the car likes to change lanes a lot, even when you turn on the option to minimize self-driving lane changes. Um, I noticed getting to the menu's kind of difficult while you're driving. You have to click on the little car in the lower left corner, then you tap on autopilot, and then you go down to about the middle of the screen and click on minimize lane changes. I found a shortcut to get to that same spot. If you... Click on the right-hand scroll wheel. Uh, you push it either left or right. Either one does the same thing. 
It'll bring up that little menu where you can select to minimize lane changes. It also has some options below that to drive in the various modes like chill mode or aggressive or moderate. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Arnie, thank you very much. I have seen that pop up when tapping the turn signal stalk to cancel out of an auto lane change that the car wants to do that I don't want it to do. But I actually have to say, I didn't know that you could manually bring that prompt up with that little right scroll wheel shortcut that you mentioned. So you have taught me something new. And as always, when I get to learn something new about anything, but especially about Tesla, I really, really appreciate it. So thank you very much for calling in. And if anybody else out there wants to help further and continue my Tesla education, and hopefully yours as well, if you've got a pro tip of the week that you'd like to call in and share, please do so. I gave you the call-in instructions earlier on in the podcast, and I will, of course, as I do every week, play a pro tip of the week towards the end of next week's podcast as well. But we have just about reached the end of the podcast, and so it's it's the part where I mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can hopefully be of use to you. AbstractOcean.com has so many excellent aftermarket Tesla accessories. I'm actually going to jump over there again right now because I feel like I haven't done that in a little while. I've got a Model 3. I'm going to click on Model 3 and see what's what. So they have uh, sexy buttons, S3XY buttons. Now, these are actual buttons. Let me let me find the description here. Yeah, the button-free interior of your Tesla is simple, clean, and very occasionally a tad annoying. There's so much you can do via the screen, but sometimes don't you wish you had an actual glove box button or a button to quickly turn on all of your interior lights without changing what screen you're on? This is basically, it's gonna, it's gonna enable those macros for you. So that's one thing. And these are, what are these? These are 220 bucks for a set of four. Uh, they are, and the install difficulty is rated at easy. So that's a pretty cool product. Uh, there is a fold-away phone mount with MagSafe. So that's cool for iPhone folks. Premium Model 3 floor mats. Uh, let's see here. What else? Ah, super hydrophobic camera cover for the Model 3 and the Model Y. Uh, that, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I've definitely had my backup camera be obscured by water or dirt. So this is pretty cool. That's 30 bucks for that, that camera cover. So it goes on and on and on. Actually, I mean, I could, I could spend a, an entire show just going through all these accessories. But there you go, abstractocean.com, whichever Tesla you've got, they've got cool accessories for it. And I've got a cool discount code for you, courtesy of abstractocean.com. So when you get everything that you like piled into your shopping cart at Abstract Ocean, you get to check out Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces, RTLPODCAST, and you will get 15% off of your order. So that's pretty awesome. Check that out. Uh, get your snap plate at everyamp.com RTL. That is the front license plate bracket that I recommend you use rather than the one that Tesla gives you that uses a sticky automotive adhesive and if you ever try to remove it, you're going to have a bad time. Or at least you're going to have some tape left behind, which is probably not going to make you happy. So just skip that altogether. If you either want or legally are required to have a front license plate on your car, get yours from everyamp.com RTL. It's the snap plate 
for the Model 3, Model Y, Model X, and Model S. Check that out. Budget Safe Solar at BudgetSafeSolar.com. They uh, would like you to contact, to contact them today. I'm starting to lose my ability to speak here, apparently, as I get this far into the podcast. Budget Safe Solar wants you to contact them today if you have the slightest interest in installing solar on your home or business property. Why today? Because tomorrow your neighborhood may have reached its circuit capacity and not be able to handle another customer supplying that aged infrastructure until repairs are completed who knows how long from now. Don't get shut out because you thought that your unattractive roof had another year left in it. Visit them today at BudgetSafeSolar.com. They also do home battery installations with your solar system as well, so they, they can sell you the whole off-the-grid package. Uh, use the referral code RTL if you would end up deciding to proceed with an installation, as a number of you have, which has been really cool to see. If you are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, I highly encourage you to treat your car to a well-deserved spa day at Immaculate Reflections. That's run by Jeff McGovern, an incredibly talented detailer and an even better human being. Uh, He can do whatever you want to do on your car, whether it's ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years because that's how long ceramic coating lasts. Maybe you want to do paint correction and get your paint finish looking better than when you took delivery from the factory where, guess what, at the factory, they don't have time to get rid of all those little flaws in the paint that occurred during the manufacturing process. So maybe you want to do paint correction. Maybe you want to do paint protection film to, as the name suggests, protect that paint. Maybe you want to get that on some of the car, maybe just up front from the front fascia up to the mirrors and the fenders. Maybe you want to do the whole car. Maybe you want to do most of the car, like the bumper and the lower, the rocker panels down low. Whatever you want to do, Immaculate Reflections will take great care of you and your car in doing it. So reach out via the website, which is irdetailing.com, which of course stands for Immaculate Reflections Detailing. irdetailing.com. And when you do contact Jeff, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and say, Jeff, may I please have the Ride the Lightning listener discount? And Jeff will say, yes, you may. Thank you for asking. Get your excellent dash cam and sentry mode set up courtesy of puretesla.com slash RTL. 49 bucks, free shipping in the US. That's what will get you the 128 gigabyte kit that is a micro SD based solution which is just gonna be a better long-term solution than the USB flash memory that Tesla provides you when you get the car. 69 bucks will get you, also shipped free in the US, will get you a 256 gigabyte kit. They also sell a really nice low profile, nice like slim, smaller wireless game controller kit that's more easily stashable in your glove box or in your center console. If you like to do a lot of gaming in your Tesla through the Steam Deck, Steam Deck, through the Steam app, it's basically the car is a giant Steam Deck if you have the new Model S or Model X. Uh, the Steam app on the new S and X or just the, the array of built-in games on SX3 and Y. So they've got those as well. Check it all out at puretesla.com RTL.
And, oh, my Patreon, I mentioned that at the top, but real quick, again, this is this is a free podcast. It is always going to be a free podcast, but a lot goes into it every week. And, and I do mean a lot, and I do mean every week. I've got the receipts to prove it. Going back to 2015, this podcast is going to turn eight years old soon. And again, we're here on episode 411. Technically, I think I've done... 412 episodes in 411 weeks because I did the when I when I took delivery of my Model 3 after you know years and years of of wishing wanting my own Tesla I did a little special episode about, just about my delivery experience that I that I put out so anyway that's neither here nor there the point is that I'm always here for you and if you're willing and able to support my efforts in doing this podcast I would be humbled and grateful for your support. And you can support me via Patreon and my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And as you heard at the top, there are different tiers. The $5 a month tier, just five bucks a month, you'll be supporting me. And in return, you will get early access to each week's episode. That $10 a month tier, which is the most popular one, that will get you the early access each week and that weekly lightning round bonus mini episode that I do every week on Patreon. You can keep going up to the $25 maximum plaid tier where you'll get all that stuff plus your name shouted out at the end of each show plus the standing invitation to the monthly Patreon Zoom hangouts. So you can find, again, all the, all the information, all the tiers, all that stuff, on my Patreon page, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. You can subscribe to slash follow this podcast on pretty much all the major podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and then I am on YouTube, just in audio only, there's no video, but if you do just want to listen via YouTube, if it's easier to have a tab open, during your day, and that's how you want to listen to it. Search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you should find my channel very easily and can subscribe there. If Again, if you need a referral code, I hope that you'll be able to find a, a friend, family member, coworker that has a referral code that you can use if you're going to be ordering a Tesla, any, any of the four of them, S, X, 3, or Y. But... Now that there are actual real rewards again through this new revamped referral program, uh, you just you want to make sure you're getting those loot box credits through the referral program. Whether it's you know, and if so, if you don't have a friend, family member, coworker, I am happy to give you my referral code. But per the new rules of the of the referral program, Tesla's made it very clear that. They don't want you giving it out on platforms, on things like podcasts and on YouTube videos. So all I'll say is, if you if you need a referral link, feel free to email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, or tweet at me, or Instagram, DM me. Uh, my handle on both Twitter and Instagram is DMC underscore Ryan, if you'd like to follow me on either of those, or just message me, whatever whatever works for you. But I will happily give you my referral link if you do need one. 
because you I want you to make sure to get those loot box credits. And with that, let me say hello and thank you to those upper tier Patreon backers. I will start with the Roadster in Space tier. Thank you so much to Pete White, to Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from Near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. Thank you all so much for your extraordinary generosity towards me each and every month. Thanks as well to the also very generous Maximum Plaid tier backers. They are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, The Galpin Family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, and Tom Behan. Thank you all very much. And finally, a shout out and a thank you to the grandfathered in plaid level supporters. Thank you, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Thank you all so much every week here for your time, your attention, your interest, your enthusiasm for all things Tesla. I, fe- I feel it. I feed off of it. It, it, gives, me, it gives me strength, man, to, to keep at this podcast each and every week. I love it. I love hearing from you. I uh, appreciate everybody listening. So with that, for a sleeping Daisy the Boxer, our, uh, our house guest, Rue, she's passed out and... No, okay, Zelina, this future service dog, is still awake, but but pretty chilled out behind me. For these three doggos, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning, episode 411, and I'll see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla 
is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. 